You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Judson Ali, founder and managing director of Click Nonprofit. Judson, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Zach. I really appreciate it. It's great being here. Yeah, yeah. Excited, man. We've uh, we've had lots of conversations back and forth over the last couple of years and yeah. done some work with you guys, just so our audience knows that we uh, we do work together. So it's going to be fun to have you on. Yeah, um, so excited to be here. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? What is it that you guys do at Click Nonprofit? Yeah, so we, uh, we're all about helping churches and nonprofits amplify their impact. Uh, through digital marketing. Um, and one of the big ways we do that is through the Google ad grant. Um, and we help, basically we help churches um, and nonprofits acquire this $10,000 Google ad grant that Google offers. Um, and then we actually help them manage those ads as well. So basically we help them utilize this grant to drive uh, people to their website who are actively looking for things that they have to offer. Um, so we're all about helping, you know, helping churches and nonprofits be able to to show up at the top of Google when people are searching for them. Um, so like mm-hmm. for a church, you know, maybe someone's searching for uh, churches near me or online church. We, we basically help those churches show up at the top of Google with this Google ad grant. Um, and the awesome thing for the church is they have this, you know, $10,000 budget every single month. Um, and they, they don't have to spend um, any money on those clicks that they're getting from those ads. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we do. We, we help with this Google grant and there's a, a bunch of ways and I can get into that if you want, how, how we actually help, um, you know, help these churches and nonprofits really maximize that grant. Uh, but that's, that's our main service is this Google grant. And then we also help with, um, you know, SEO and, and content as well. Mm. Yeah. And as, as a ministry that has worked with you and used your services, that was one of the things that we ran into when we started applying for this grant was, okay, we've got this grant, but man, this is going to be a full-time job just to, for myself or someone from my team to be able to go take advantage of this $10,000 spend. And, and so I think we experienced that as one of your clients, but are, are you seeing that churches might be familiar with it? They might have the grant, uh, themselves, but they're they're trying to take full advantage of the ten thousand spend each month, and they're getting three, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month out of it, and and that becomes the the opportunity for you guys to step in and say, hey, we can help you manage this and take full advantage of that ten thousand dollars spend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a lot of times that's what we run into. So, I mean, there's there's two two things. You know, a lot of times uh, a church or nonprofit comes across our website. And uh, they're like, wow, I didn't even know this existed. You know, d- don't even know this this Google ad grant um, is something that we could even utilize. Mm-hmm. That's that's one one response that we get. But a lot of times we have churches that uh, churches or nonprofits or ministries that have been trying to utilize the grant. 
Um, and while it's, you know, it's amazing that it's available for nonprofits and churches, the, the difficult part is really maximizing the value out of it. Um, mm -hmm. so we do get a lot of churches that come come to us and say, Hey, we, we, um, you know, we've, we've been trying to maximize this. We've only been able to utilize a few hundred dollars, uh, a, a few years back, I think it was Google. Uh, maybe don't quote me on this, but I think it was Google or some some reputable organization that came out with a statistic that said um, nonprofits are only utilizing about three hundred dollars per month on average of this Google grant. So wow. you know they have they have a that ten thousand dollar budget available to them, but just because they don't have the experience or they don't have the time, um, they're not actually able to utilize that full that full grant. So yeah, we run into that a lot where. Organizations just don't know how to maximize it, so they come to us and say, "Hey, can you, you know, can you help us actually get that full ten thousand ad spend and really drive the right people to our website with that?" Mm. So. Yeah, well, especially with a local church context, um, that's it. Seems like it would be such a huge uh, driver for people looking for a church in their local context, right? Yeah. Like with with Google being able to like the local. Google business, being able to have ads that drive to that, um, for searching, you know, churches near me, that seems like that would be a huge value add to most organizations, especially the local church bodies. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, obviously one of the bigger areas that churches want to utilize the grant for. Um, but you know, with, with it being $10,000 in ad spend, to be honest, it's, it's hard to spend that full 10,000. Um, mm. when you're just targeting for a ch church, for example, uh, it's hard to spend that full 10,000 if they're just focusing on keywords like, you know, churches near me. Um, right. and by keywords, I mean, search phrases that people are typing into Google. Um, you know, there's just not enough people in their area, especially if they're in more of a rural area, it, there's not gonna be enough searches for that. So that's definitely the first thing that we would help the church to create as a campaign around, you know, churches near me or churches in Austin, um, or online church. Um, mm -hmm. but what we really get passionate about is, and this is what we, we help the churches do as well is helping, um, helping people to find churches when they have felt needs, you know, some kind mm -hmm. of a deep, deep, you know, deep need or a big life event that's happening in their life right then. Um, what we would love to see is churches and ministries being at the top of Google, um, answering these big questions that people have. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big part of the, the ad grant spend for a lot of our church clients is yes, we're helping them with the churches near me campaign and the online church campaign. That's, that's extremely important. Um, but also reaching people who are, are not churched and are not necessarily even looking for a church. Uh, mm -hmm. but they might have some big question like, uh, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. What do I do? Or my marriage is, is failing. What do I do? Um, or, you know, how do I be a, a better parent? How do I not get angry at my kids or whatever that mm -hmm. is? The church might have a resource for that. They might have a support group. Um, they might have a sermon on that topic. Uh, they might have a blog post on that topic. And then of course, through that, they can, you know, encourage those visitors on their website to take next steps after that. Mm -hmm. um, but it really is an awesome, the, the Google ad grant can be used as just an amazing tool to reach people in, in the church's community, um, who's, who's not necessarily looking for a church. Yeah. Well, that's the incredible thing about digital that it is, it's there at the right time, 
like that that's where we're running in our darkest moments now um yeah the the statistics around that are significant right when i'm in the darkest deepest depths of my depression what's the place that i probably go to figure out how to solve that problem yep. google like how do i deal with my depression how do i get out of some type of addiction and if a ministry or local church body has a, an addiction recovery ministry and they're running content and providing resources and answering those questions when people go to Google to and ask those questions, if the church is showing up as the resource in response to those rather than all the other secular options that could exist, hmm. um, that begins to be an important tool in being where people are in their darkest moments. Like the reality is Jesus entered into those darkest moments. He didn't day out on the sidelines and wait for people to come to him. He went to where they were. And so um, digital for churches, for ministries offers this opportunity for us to enter into that space and be where people are. That's the Mm -hmm. reality is that's where our attention is. And so as the church, we need to be there. We need to be creating content in those spaces. I a hundred, hundred percent agree. And that's, and there's a lot of there's a lot of churches and even ministries now that are are still I think I think since 2020 since COVID that has changed a lot, um, but there's still churches that are kind of you know uh, standoffish to that that idea mm-hmm. of of you know using marketing. Um, they're like, oh, we you know churches shouldn't be marketing right or uh, churches shouldn't be using ads. You know you can't sell you can't sell Jesus or faith. Um, mm. And of course that's. That's true. You can't. But what you can do is you can use you can use digital marketing. That's just a means to communicate um, right. to, to people nowadays. Um, and especially with with, the, you know, on Google search and the algorithm, it's it is it can be really tough to show up at the top of Google um, and, and ads make it a lot easier to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think any time that you're, you know, any period of time that believers are, are in we do need to learn how to use the, the present technology to yeah. reach people uh with the gospel um there I, i've been reading actually a, a book recently called meta church i don't know if you heard from uh dave adamson um and he he has had some great uh great snippets in there um one one that i it caught me i was like oh wow he he said that um you know paul uh Paul knew how to use the technology of his day mm. and the technology of Paul's day was writing. Um, and, you know, for, for him, he, you know, Paul even, he wasn't doing a ton of uh, speaking uh, compared, you know, compared to others. He did a lot of writing. Right. Um, mm. and, and especially when he was in situations where he couldn't actually speak, you know, speak to others, he, he, he did writing and, and, um, and if you don't know what writing is, you know, it's, it's basically where you take a, a pen and you put it to a piece of paper and, and, and you write, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, but, but that was the technology of, of Paul's day in a way. And it was extremely effective. And if he didn't use right. that technology, we wouldn't have, you know, so many books of, of the Bible right now. Um, and that's, it's, some people might see that as kind of far-fetched, but I, I look at that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, you know, believers need to use the technology of their day. Mm-hmm. um, to, to reach, reach people. Um, and as long as, you know, it's an ethical means of doing that. Um, and then that's, that's amazing. We, we need to find ways to reach the people because everyone is online nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the mat. That's the, the, the fact of it. And yeah, maybe it would be, I, I mean, I personally think it'd probably be better if people were on social media a lot less. Um, yeah. but 
the reality is I can't change that. People are on social media. So how do I reach those people, especially those kids nowadays that are spending so much time on social media? Um, you know, we, we need to, to go out into the world and, and reach those people where they're at. So, yeah, yeah. Go where they are. Yep. Um, as you guys have built a company and, and worked with clients in this space, what are some of the unique challenges and struggles that you, you have experienced over the years helping ministries, churches, organizations take full advantage of that ad grant? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Definitely in the beginning, um, figuring out, hey, how do we actually, you know, how do we really maximize this? And, and over time, we realized, okay, it really comes down to having valuable content and and being able to, um, at least what we see with a lot of churches that are trying to do this on their own, um, they run to the issue of they're not creating relevant, you know, relevant enough ads. Um, the ads don't necessarily match the search phrases well enough, and then they're not directing someone to a specific enough page on their website. Um, mm. So th those are some things that you know our team has learned over time and figured out, hey, we really need to make sure these are extremely relevant and we need to provide the best answers and the best content to people searching on Google. Um, with, that, with that being said, there's, there are still struggles today um, and, and a, a big part of that would be some of the limitations of the Google ad grant. So it's, it's, um, the Google ad grant, while it's, you know, you have $10,000 in ad spend, which is amazing. Um, it doesn't always work for more competitive keywords. Um, so in other words, so Google can't really can't cannibalize its own product. So let's say that, um, let's say that there's a, a nonprofit using the Google ad grant, and then there's a paid uh, or a, a for-profit or even a nonprofit using their own money to bid on ads. And they mm -hmm. both bid on the same keyword. You know, let's say they both bid on um, churches near me. The, the church that is using their own budget, their own money is always going to show above the grantee. Um, okay. And so that's, that's where the challenge is. If there's a very competitive keyword in a certain area, then it's going to be hard to show up at the very top of Google. Um, and this is where we have to get creative with um, what kind of keywords we're targeting. So this is where our team is constantly having to do keyword research to figure out, okay, what are people searching for, you know, in your area that um, is highly relevant to your nonprofit or to your church, um, has low competition, meaning there's not a whole lot of organizations bidding on that keyword, um, and has a, a really high search volume. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. are searching for that topic. Once we find those keywords, those are the ones that we target. And we make sure that, you know, the organization has content on their website that's tailored to that topic. Um, so that those are, I think, some of the constant struggles of, of making sure that we're finding the right keywords. Um, but, you know, when we find the, those keywords, you know, that that's that's when you you kind of you strike gold. You know, it's like, oh, you, you got the right keyword, the right content. You can really maximize that that Google ad grant. Mm. Yeah, it just seems like the reoccurring theme is keeps going back to making sure that the content you're producing and creating is relevant and specifically is incredibly valuable, right? Yeah. Like if we're creating good content, if we're creating value and quality uh, in the content that we're producing, then 
some of the rest of the stuff kind of takes care of itself. It's when we start to just create content for the sake of creating content because someone told us we have to create content and there's no purpose behind it. There's no intentionality or strategy behind what we're creating that it just becomes this gigantic pool of information that's irrelevant to who we're trying to reach and the audience we're trying to attract. Absolutely. Yeah. Content is huge and, and the right content is huge. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we get that a lot where, you know, we have clients that are, they'll create a blog post or something. I say, Hey, can you promote this? And um, that's where we have to explain, well, you know, there, no one's searching for this topic, so it's going to be hard. <laughs> we can. <laughs> gonna, yeah, we can, we can but it, you're not going to get anyone on your website. <laughs> um, so rather than, you know, like, quantity of content it's more the the quality of content mm. um and and really the, the relevance of that 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 content mm. interesting yeah um i want to shift a little bit and this is a conver- this is a question i'm really interested in diving into with you but we've seen a lot of voices suppressed over the last couple of years with big tech companies like the googles of the world right mm-hmm. yeah um how has that impacted you and your clients specifically in the Christian ministry church space? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, so, it, you know, I've seen over the years, it's, you know, it's obviously Google, Facebook, uh, it's been, you know, various platforms. Um, and in terms, in terms of Google, um, I think we've been we've been fortunate recently with a lot of the uh, Christian ministries and church clients. Uh, you know, so far we haven't had anything significant yet, <laughs> mm. um, and I, I hope I hope that it stays that way. But we we definitely have run into issues with, um, you know, uh, so for example, if we're if we're trying to target certain keywords with like Christian in it. Um, you know, if someone's actually looking for, hey, Christian sermons or Christian, um, uh, you know, devotionals, we we can we can still we can still bid on uh, some of those keywords. But what we can't do is we can't actually Google, Google doesn't allow us to see the number of searches that are being done every month. Um, oh, interesting. On, so, like for the keyword Christian, there, there's no data on that. Um, and I haven't actually, honestly, I haven't looked in to see if that's with every religion or if it's just Christianity or it could be that it's with every religion. They don't give that um, because they don't want you thinking of, hey, targeting a certain religion. But in reality, there's people, if you're doing Google search ads, it's not like it's Facebook ads where you're showing it to everyone. With with Google search ads, you're just targeting the people who are interested in that, you know, who are searching right. for that. Um, so it does seem, it is, does seem funny to... to restrict anything like that if someone's actually actively looking for it. Um, we, we have run into issues with certain organizations like pregnancy pregnancy centers or pro-life organizations um, where, you know, there's it, a lot of it comes down to, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to politics, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like if it if it doesn't fit, you know, someone's agenda, then they're going to they're going to cancel it. Right. Or they're going to take it down. Right. Um, so with, with things like pro-life organizations, I, I mean, I remember an instance where, uh, you know, people are, they, they tried to, to have an abortion. They, they took the, that pill and then they immediately regretted it and realized, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. And so of course, where do they go? They go to Google and they search how, you know, how to reverse an abortion. Um, 
and sadly that that was not allowed you weren't allowed to bid on that that those keywords um so it, whereas planned parenthood is allowed to bid on um you know uh how to get an abortion but right. no one's allowed to bid on how to reverse an abortion um yeah. which is really yeah it's it's sad and, and they it goes all you know they say oh it's not proven with medical which you know you get that you get that over the past couple of years you get that all the time where you know people are saying oh you know that that's an unproven medical you know thing but it's working for people right and this this in in this particular instance it was saving a, a ton of babies um mm. so that that was sad to see to see that um in terms of but in terms of the church side thankfully we haven't had um anything significant right now um and i i hope i really hope that it stays that way yeah you'd, you'd hope so um i mean it doesn't trajectory doesn't seem like it looks all that into, <laughs> encouraging yeah. but you'd hope that they would especially in situations where ministries churches organizations nonprofits just in general are paying for these services i mean obviously in mm. in the case of the google ad grant google is giving this away so uh, you know there, there's not really money being exchanged in um for this grant but especially for churches that are trying to you that are spending real dollars to to get Google to push their content um with real dollars spent like you'd think that they would that that money would talk right yeah hopefully that remains the case but i don't know we'll right see. and <clears throat> i think um it's i mean it i say i hope you know i hope that this this is not it's not going to be something in the future, but it very well, it very well could be something where eventually churches don't have access to this anymore. Or, mm. you know, and particularly with the, with the, with Google ads and the Google ad grant, I mean, Google has sunset programs in the past where they've said, Hey, we're not going to offer this anymore. Um, you know, the, the current clients are, are grandfathered in, um, which okay. hopefully that's the case for something like the Google grant. If they decide, Hey, we're not going to offer this anymore. You know, hopefully whoever has the Google grant now will continue to be able to have it into the future. Um, that's probably so if you're listening, case scenario. If you're listening, get on board and get with Click Nonprofit right now and start <laughs> taking advantage of it so that you're grandfathered in in the event that that right, happens right. in the near future or In the near not. future. And that's the best case scenario, right? I mean, so it right. could be... It could be that it is taken <laughs> away completely, um, but I, I appreciate that, Zach. That was that. That's good. <laughs> um, so, so if it you know if it is taken away, and that's that's possible, that this could be, and maybe it would even be targeted like religious organizations can't have this anymore, right? Then, um, if they were to do that, then that yeah, that would be unfortunate. But for us, what you know, what we see is you know the Google grant is not going to be that even now it's not the silver bullet, right? It's, it's one piece to that marketing puzzle. Um, and really what it comes down to and what we've discovered over time is it really does come down to having valuable content mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, content that meets the needs of people. Um, and that's going to, if you're not ranking on Google with the Google grant, then if you're producing this valuable blog content or whatever that might be, you'll start to rank organically on Google, right? Through, mm -hmm. through SEO, through search engine optimization. Um, and so my thought is, Hey, if something like this Google grant does go away, um, the 
producing valuable content and having it on your website, you know, telling stories, um, having that on your website is, is going to be huge because, you know, as we're talking about these, you know, big tech companies canceling and, you know, removing accounts, this, this has been happening across social media platforms. And I mean, churches have run into this with, with Facebook, they've been Mm -hmm. completely deactivated for who knows the reason. I mean, crazy reasons that they, they've been deactivated and they shouldn't have been. Um, and the, um, the, the best, in my opinion, the, the best thing to do is, is get your website up to par, right? Make sure your website is, um, it has, your website has great content. Make sure you're directing people to your website always. So if, you know, from Facebook, you know, direct people to your, to your website from Google ads, you know, well, you can only direct people to your website from Google ads, but, you know, direct them to Google, to, to your website because your website is something that you own. Whereas Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, um, all of those, you're just renting space, right? Right. Um, and so the, the big thing is really, really develop your website well and, and find ways through creating valuable content to help your website rank on search engines mm-hmm. and, and so on. I think that's going to, that's going to be the, the, the best thing to do to, to future proof your, your online presence in ministry is, is, is your website. Mm. Yeah. Well, it just so. comes back to what marketers have been screaming at for years now is create valuable content. Just focus what Gary V talk, talks about this constantly. Yeah. Content yeah. is king. And so that has to be the focus, right? If in yeah. this day and age where digital is so important within the context and, and discussion of marketing, mm. the content is incredibly important. And the thing about within the, especially a church context, like the amount of content that we're already producing every single church through sermons and weekly Bible study pieces of content and all the whatever sermon bumpers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's endless the mm-hmm. amount of content that we are producing. Like to you're already producing good stuff. Why not take advantage of this opportunity to run free money from Google on the content that you're already pushing out? Yeah. Or if you're not recording it, like you're you you've got a sermon every single month or every single week that you could be producing a podcast and a video out of, and then running content and running ads on that content. And pushing it into digital, digital. So, yeah, yeah I, think I mean, COVID really made a big push for most churches into realizing the importance and significance of digital. Um, and I think that that trend will continue to rise as we see things continue to move in this direction over the next couple of years. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting space. I I see the pushback. Like I understand, man, the the negatives of social media, what that does in my own life, what I know it could do to my children, what I have seen it do to our culture and our society, not just ours in the States, but globally, like there's not much that's good about what's coming out of social media and the statistics that follow. But again, back to where are people spending their time? Where is attention and if we look at Christ's ministry and his intent and focus was to go where people were to God meets us where we're at. Hmm. Right. And so as the church, we need to be doing that. 
And the reality is people are spending their time in digital. And so how do you like, I struggle with that balance. Like, how do I argue for the sake of content production in this digital space, specifically social media and all while realizing that I'm, I feel like I'm also adding to the problem, like continuing to bruise content in this space seems like it's adding to people spending more and more time in digital and right. man, that struggle's real. I don't know. I don't it know is. how to answer that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to go, where to go from there, but. And to be honest, I'm, I'm there with you. That's it. That's been hard for me too. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm typically the, the type of person that, I, you'll see I'm not extremely active on on social media myself mm. for my personal account. And and that's been, yeah, part of it has kind of been, oh, I, I, I wanted to push away from that because it just seems so fake, you know. I, I'd rather mm-hmm. be I'd rather be in person. And I have similar thoughts of you is, I mean, my one of my biggest fears um, is for my kids growing up in, in yeah. this world of social media. Um, but... It's it yeah the reality is is this this is the world that we live in and and this is where especially the next generation is spending all of their time, mm-hmm. um and uh, and so it should be the place where yeah the, the church is going out and and uh, and sharing Christ's love with people um, mm-hmm. where where they're at right um, and and of course you know this doesn't say you know it's speaking in the church. Uh, you know, along the church world, it, it should in-person attendance should always be should always be the goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting people to meet in person is, is huge, um, and uh, but but also and and obviously in-person outreach in your area that's extremely important. There's no, there's nothing. I mean, the you need you need to be face to face with people but well it's um, hard to it's hard to actually serve physical needs in a space that's not physical yeah right, right. and if exactly. we're called to be if we're called to be the hands and if we're called the word and deed like the deed part can't happen in the digital space like serving yeah. physical needs is really difficult in that space and so there has to be an understanding that like, yes, this is an incredible tool, an incredibly powerful tool to reach people, to engage with people, to build relationships with people, to even build community, mm-hmm. but it has, it can't stop there. Right. And that's one of the things that I see. We do talk a lot with a lot of ministries that are specifically only in the digital space. And that's one of the problems that most of them run into is they have a ton of engagement, they have a ton of influence, and there's a lot of people relating to and engaging with content around Jesus or questions about Jesus or questions on how do I deal with my depression and my content around Jesus's answer to that pops up and I engage with that person in some type of digital um, communication platform. But getting from that kind of engagement and relationship into real face-to-face disciple-making opportunities is a barrier and a problem that every single digital ministry I've ever talked to runs into. And so how do we use this tool that is incredibly powerful for engagement, incredibly powerful for building relationship and getting in front of people who need to hear about Jesus? 
and are asking questions about Jesus. They're interested. They're open to discussion. They're opening. They're open to conversing around Christ and what mm-hmm. He did. And how do we how do we use that powerful tool? And then, but how do we take it further? It can't end there. It can't all be. I don't think. Like I know that yeah. the 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 organizations that are running that are planting churches in the metaverse and who are doing church in VR and, and AI and all the different things, right. that, like all the different cool, innovative, fun things that you can do in the digital uh, space would yeah. argue against me on that. I just don't see how Which like true yeah. disciple making actually takes place. I think it just really is this incredibly powerful tool to engage and build relationship and then drive to um, and build towards real life on life, face to face interaction and disciple making opportunity. Yeah. And so, man, I just don't think we can ignore this tool. I, I think it's dangerous if we ignore it and don't use it. Um, I, I think yeah. there's too much opportunity here to ignore it. Yeah. No, I, I 100%, I 100% agree. Um, man, the, the VR space that, that does scare me a little bit. <laughs> That's, yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's man. getting, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like already video games are so addicting, but can right. you imagine a world where I could with, through virtual reality, jump Just into life, <laughs> like a star Wars universe. I'm a huge star Wars nerd. So like yeah. it, I could jump into the star Wars universe that in five in, in less than five years, they're saying that VR could potentially be up to 95 to 99% realistic. Like meaning our brains will think up to a 95 to 99% that we are living in reality. So if, no if at 99%, I'm living in a star Wars universe and that's my obsession and my love How and my idol, why would I ever come out of that universe into a, a real world that does not, is not that way. I could oh, go into a so Star dangerous. Wars universe and get to be Han Solo for the rest of my life and only have to come out for food and water. And, and even you that come out of that universe and you realize that, that you're fat and you can't walk yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's dangerous. Because <laughs> you spend man. all it's your time so, in virtual reality. Like I understand oh, the this what I don't know if dichotomy is the right word. This 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 conflict between this is an incredible, powerful tool. We yeah. probably should be using this, but also it's detrimental to society and causing all kinds of significant issues. And those are only going to get worse as technology gets better and better. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And, and I wish playing I, I as wish an I agency, <laughs> as an agency playing in that space and encouraging ministries into this, like, uh, I feel the tension. Like, you need to be doing this. But also it's disastrous and you got to be careful, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I guess if it it were the place where literally everyone was spending their time, kind of like now everyone's spending their time in social media, then yeah, that would be, have to be some, some way to, to reach people there. But I just, I'm still, I'm still in denial, I guess, just, just hoping that doesn't happen, but (laughs) that's where it's going. Well, hopefully the Lord just comes before we have to answer. Yes, hopefully. That's what we can help. So real quick, uh, I want to take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. So we'll be back with Judson in a minute. And uh, 
For this episode, you're going to be familiar with our sponsor because it happens to be Judson and his uh, his team at Click Nonprofit. Are you looking to grow your ministry but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, helps your ministry acquire this Google ad grant and then manages your Google ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. All right, welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. We're talking with Judson, who runs the company you just heard from in our sponsor, today's sponsor. Uh, Judson, we've talked about the importance of content, um, the importance of content specifically for the grant, but just in general, in our general marketing practices. Has it been a challenge to get your clients to create content consistently? We've kind of touched on that a little bit today, but maybe specifically, what are some strategies and some tangible things that ministries can do to be consistent in their content strategies? Like that's, Mm -hmm. we know that that's so important is this consistency in a digital space. What are some tangible things that they can do? Some ideas that you can give them to say, Hey, I could go start doing that on a regular basis. Great question. Yeah. And, and yes, it, it has been a challenge. Um, and I mean, you, you know, a lot of ministries and churches, nonprofits, they have a ton on their plate already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of having to create content, you know, create blog posts, whatever that might be, video content on a regular basis is, is daunting for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you'll see them create a, a, we'll see them create a bunch of content, you know, right off the bat, they'll, they'll, you know, maybe create three blog posts in a month and then they'll take a month or two break and then they'll try some more again. Mm. Um, but the issue with that is the consistency, you know, there's no, there's no consistency there. Um, and what we always recommend, uh, is find, find that amount that you think you can do and try to stay consistent with it. Um, like, you know, one idea is, you know, a podcast, right? Those, it's a consistent thing that, that happens. Um, the same thing should be with, with your blog posts or whatever content you're, you're putting out there. Um, cause basically what Google does, at least from a, a search standpoint, Google sees that, Hey, they, they're producing content or publishing content on their website every week or every month. And so Google knows to crawl their website that often, you know? Okay. And so you want to, you want to stay consistent to encourage Google to continue to crawl your website and index, um, you know, to, to, to show continue to come on. back to the site. Exactly. Um, Interesting. I mean, so from a search standpoint, that's important, but it's also important from a user standpoint as well, right? Of users know that, Hey, I can come back this, you know, every so often to, to see that new content. So the, the, cons- the consistency is important. It doesn't have to be every week. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be even every other week, D- depending on what you can do, just try to be consistent, even if it's every month or so. Um, and I think the, the thing that is an- another thing that's kind of daunting for these ministries is that they just don't know what to write on. Um, mm. and, or they write something and they don't see any results. And so it's discouraging. 
Um, and so it, it, it really comes down to, you know, you want to make sure that that content is quality. Um, you know, you might write three or four blog posts on, uh, you know, a, a certain topic um, and they're just, they're just okay. You know, they're not long form content. They're not super, uh, you know, super focused on a specific keyword. Um, and then, you know, another organization just writes one blog post and it's focused on the, the topic, the, the keyword topic that people are searching for. And it's a long form, you know, piece of content. It's, you know, let's say a thousand plus words, uh, that organization that, that wrote the, the blog post that just that one blog post is long form quality content. They're going to get a lot more out of that one than that other organization is getting out of the three or four. Mm. Um, so yes, consistency is important, but, but quantity is, or sorry, sorry. Uh, quality is, is extremely important as well. Um, and to, to, to really write great content, we always encourage people, Hey, start with keyword research, mm. figure out, um, what are people actually searching for on Google? And it sounds kind of daunting the oh keyword research, I have to do this super tech type of thing. I don't know how to do that. Um, there are tons of resources out there that show you how to do it. Um, and there's tons of free uh, software that you can use on keyword, you know, to, to do that keyword research. Um, and really it just comes down to figure out what are people searching for in your area? Um, or if you're a national organization, you don't have to worry about that your area as much It's just, what are people searching for that's related to your organization or your cause? Mm-hmm. Um, and then see how competitive it is. See how many you can, with these tools, you can figure out, you know, how many people are searching for it. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, you can find out how many people are bidding on that keyword or how many people are writing blog posts on that keyword. And that's that's how you can figure out, hey, how competitive is it? And then make a list of, of keywords that you want to write on. And then whenever you have that time, write, you know, write a blog post on that topic um, and and, you know, put it out there or, you know, put a video out there on that topic or whatever, whatever that is. Um, and uh, that's that's what we recommend. But of course, it's yeah, it, it is. It is a lot for some organizations, um, but it's so important to, to mm. continue to write quality content. Um, we more recently we've started to offer content writing services to some of our clients, just because you know they're like, oh, we have you know we have so much to do, we can't even focus on this. Um, so we have start, we have started doing that. So if, if you don't have the time, I would highly recommend having you know finding some organization. I know I know you 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 guys are amazing with content. Um, finding, finding an organization that can write content. Um, and if you want incredible content, you find someone like, uh, you know, Reliant Creative that can actually tell stories and, and write content (laughs) based off of highly searched topics. If you can tell a story and write content based off of, you know, a highly searched topic, you know, you, you've hit gold. So if you want that, you go to Reliant Creative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, it is it is work. You do have to put in the work, but realizing that in the long run, it's it's going to help your ministry or organization mm. um, significantly. Um, you know, ranking on Google and and such. Well, I, I just I'm thinking about this specifically in a local church context. Yeah. Like a local local church is doing a sermon every single week, right? So there's your pillar piece of content. You're probably already recording it. If you're not, it's not that difficult to do so. Yeah. And so you've got a single piece of pillar video content right off the bat and a 
podcast audio piece of content that can serve as pillar content right off the bat that you're already doing, right? So there's two pieces of content a week. From that, could you then also pull the transcript from those audio files and have a piece of, just have it as blog written material from that podcast or that sermon, right? That you can run ads on and then allow that to drive the content. So this is what we do with our podcast. We'll do the podcast and then we'll pull from that podcast, the transcript and with some tweaks and edits, write something that relates to that podcast, but is unique in in information. So we're not just writing the transcript, although we'll do that, but we'll take and expand on the ideas that we discuss in the show. So you and me are having this conversation out of this. We'll have a podcast. We're going to write, we're going to take the transcript and turn it into an article and expand on the ideas that we discussed today and share some additional thoughts on what a ministry could do for their content strategies. So out of this single podcast, I get a video Potentially, I could have a video, I could have an audio file, I could have a transcript blog post accompanying that po- that podcast post, and I could potentially have an article that I could run ads on, all without thinking about what I need to write or come up with. Yeah. And so just for, for a church to be able to create content on a consistent basis, there's four pieces, five pieces of content that you've got in any given week from stuff that you're already doing. And then from that, Mm -hmm. as pastors are preaching through the word, man, scripture addresses pretty much every single issue that we're going to run into Mm -hmm. from a sin perspective, dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, how I should live and how I should father my children, how I should treat my wife, how I should, like all those questions that people are answering in the digital space are answered in scripture. So as your pastor is creating this sermon content, you're going to be, he's probably going to be answering those questions in the content that he's sharing and teaching on through his sermons. And so being able to pull a small little three, four, five paragraph article or expanded thoughts video out of that sermon series to answer those questions, again, back to how do we reach and engage with people online where they're asking this que- the questions, the deepest, darkest things that they're dealing with? How do we reach and engage with them at that point? Man, answer the questions that the Bible is already answering and put it out online. It's not, it doesn't require us to come up with something new all the time. I think that that's the, um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this, who I think I already mentioned. He talks yeah. about, Rather than coming up with new content on a consistent basis, we're all going to burn out. Like we see YouTubers uh, getting incredibly successful online, but they almost all, every single one of them burn out. They burn out in two, three, four years because shoot, I don't know what to do now. I've done everything under the sun and I don't know what to produce. Alternatively, if we are simply documenting what we're doing, and pushing that out as content, documenting the sermons that you're pushing, documenting and creating content around the Bible studies that you're leading and creating content for, educating in that way. Um, you're going to have a lot longer, um, a lot longer trajectory of consistent content and output by documenting rather than creating from scratch or creating from just off the top of your head. 
um, whimsical ideas, what comes to me in the middle of the night, right? Like just document. And what I would argue back to the story stuff that you talked about is we serve a God that is ongoing and, and consistently transforming life. It's happening through your churches. It's happening through your ministries. It's happening through every organization that I've ever talked to has stories of life transformation taking place through their organizations because of God's redemptive work. And so we have an infinite number of stories to tell. And when we start telling those stories coupled with the educational knowledge-based transfer content that we're producing through our sermons and our podcasts and our weekly Bible studies and like all the things that we're already doing, you add the intrinsic value of storytelling and transformational story that's taking place in our organizations, our congregations, our ministries. Now you've got more than you could ever dream of from a content perspective. And so like marry those two things together. We talk about content in three categories, informational, educational, and inspirational. Your informational content is going to be, here's what's going on at church this coming week. Here's what's going on in our ministry in the next couple months. Here's the gala that's coming out uh, at the end of September. You know, that's informational. Here's what just happened in our context, in our local body or our region of the world in which we're working. Educational is that knowledge-based transfer stuff. Here's our sermon series. Here's our thoughts on you name the issue. Like, Here's our resources for disciple making, our resources for whatever. If I'm a if I'm a pregnancy center, I'm creating I can create content, educational content around a, abortion and what's really going on in that world, uh, con- educational content around the politics of that issue. Plenty of content to pretty be produced in that educational realm. And people love being educated. Tesla does this better than anybody. They say uh, if, if you've ever met somebody who owns a Tesla and you ask them about their Tesla, they're going to tell you about how far it goes and how fast it charges and how much money they're saving at the gas pump. And they're going to talk to you for 30 minutes more than you probably wanted them to talk to you about their Tesla. But it's because Tesla does such a good job of educating their client base and their customers. And so yeah. when we're educated as humans, we naturally want to share that information with the world with those around us. And so education can be an incredibly powerful tool. And what I see from the church, just large C in general, but both parachurch and local church context is we're producing more than enough educational content. We're doing that really, really well. The last piece is that inspirational content, the stories of transformation, Mm. testimonies, stories of God's redemptive work. That's the thing that we're missing the mark on, I believe in the church. And that's where I think there's the most potential for growth, the most potential to engage with people emotionally. Because if we can engage with them emotionally through story, if we can inspire people and then support that in, that emotional engagement with the educational content that we're already producing, man, then it becomes really exciting. Our content strategies take care of themselves. Like they just start they they naturally start happening because all we're doing is documenting what God's doing. We're saying, hey, yeah. we're going to testify of what he did in this life. We're going to testify of what he did in this life. And real stories matter 
and they are significant. There's significant implications when we start storytelling. We see it all throughout scripture. And so there's hundred oh, percent. And, and I, I yeah. see that in, in, uh, you know, in the church world, <clears throat> if you, some churches that we've worked with who have done so well, have these amazing stories of transformation on their website, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's a huge, and I have even heard from churches how, how much those stories directing people to those stories of, of people who've come to that church and whether it was, you know, they had an addiction issue and they came to the church or whatever that was, those stories are the things that really transform. And I know even personally, it's when I'm, you know, if I'm looking for a church, we recently moved, figuring out, hearing from people, what is your, what is, what is your experience been? And, and hearing those stories are, are huge. Um, and I know we've, yeah. we've worked with, with, uh, some similar, uh, or some of the same clients. Um, and, and I, I, the clients that you've worked with just by doing, you know, coming out with these amazing stories of transformation, just sharing, and it's just simple stories, right. Of, of how people mm-hmm. have been transformed, um, help, tremendously in growing, uh, you know, the nonprofit growing the, the ministry. Um, cause that's what the don't, that's what donors want to see. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, we're, we're always trying to tell these nonprofits that we work with, you know, yes, you get them on your website. Yeah. You get them through educational content or informational content. Um, but especially on that email side, you know, once, once you get their email and you start following up with that, that person, um, you need to tell them those stories of transformation. Mm. Um, they're not going to come to the website right off the bat from the Google ad grant and just donate right away, you know, cause they don't know right. you, they don't. And what they need to see is these stories of, of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's so true. Well, and back to that, that topic that we keep coming back to this theme, maybe of today's episode where, where it's digital is this opportunity to engage with people where they're at, where their attention is when they're go- when they're reaching out to Google to answer their most difficult questions. Like if I say I'm, I'm looking to figure out how to deal with my depression and I go to Google or YouTube and I search something like how to deal with depression, imagine a world where the church was testifying of what God's doing in real people's lives on a consistent and regular basis. And something, the first thing that popped up was somebody else's testimony of how Jesus pulled them out of depression and rescued them from that life. And then it was coupled and supported with a sermon article, uh, an article that was pulled from a sermon that answers the question, how how Jesus addressed depression or how the Bible uh, addresses depression or how to deal with depression with Jesus, like some type of content that answers that question that supports the video that I just watched. Hmm. Now I'm emotionally engaged and I'm educated and have been given like this knowledge based, like it's all starting to come together. And now I'm, there's There's so so much much value. There's so much more trust in that church or that ministry or, or whatever, whoever it is that's producing that content that, um, man, it, it begins to start opening up opportunities to build real relationships with people Mm. in the digital space. And, and again, try, how do we get it into real discipleship opportunities, disciple making opportunities, face-to-face interactions. Like if I'm building that trust in the digital space at that level, like odds are they're going to start engaging with me or coming to my local church body or context. Um, 
because of the value that we've brought and we've emotionally engaged with them and intellectually engaged with them. Hmm. I'm curious, have you, have you found it to be issue on your side when, you know, you explain the importance of story and the ministry is, I don't even know, how do I even do it? Like, how do I, how do I have the time for that? Or how do I, how do I find oh people that even want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what has that been like? Really difficult. Yeah. Getting ministries to, to tell stories um, is <laughs> as a creative director of an agency, maybe been the bane of my existence. I mean, it's like pulling teeth. And a, a lot of the pushback that we get, especially with ministries that are working in international context and maybe in specific locations where there's hostility to the gospel, the number one pushback we get is, well, it, we can't tell stories because we're going to put our partners at risk or we're going to put our missionaries at risk or hmm. somebody's going to find out this person's name or their face and they're they're at risk of dying or being sent out of their country or being whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever the ramification or, or um, consequence would be that there's such a fear of that happening that they just don't storytell at all. Hmm. And man, there's so many ways to storytell without putting people at risk, without giving up their identities. Um, and it doesn't have to be in video form. Like, the, like we talked about written word, yeah. Written word is still significant, even within a digital space. There's plenty of opportunity to tell people's story using pseudonyms, not sharing their pictures, not sharing locations, and just sharing the life transformation that Jesus did in that person's heart and life. Um, that we don't have to put people at risk. We don't. It's just. It's. I think it's a cop out because it's a lot of work. There is. Yeah. There is a significant amount of work, but. And that's what I hear. It sounds like it's it's the work and the time and, oh, we don't have the production. We don't have the fancy cameras right. um, to, to do that. But we all, every single one of us has, and my pushback is always this, we, every single one of us almost globally have a mobile device in our pocket that is capable of doing all of these things, creating yeah. audio content, video content, written word content, and and sharing stories of transformation. Right. And it it the only argument that ever comes out that I still have a hard time with is, well, most of our national partners don't have access to the internet or some type of trustworthy hmm. um, internet connection, or you know, they they get so many minutes on their mobile device every month and they can't afford to pay for more. Like those are legitimate answers to that question. Hmm. But there's still stories to be told and there's still ways to tell those stories without having a perfect internet connection. Like back to the written word, there's plenty of opportunity to create content with written word and it's, it can be just as valuable or it can be valuable enough to be worth our time and investment. But the reality is, look, we live in a digital world. If you're not engaging and relating with people in the places where their attention is, and you're not willing to spend time and energy and money in that digital marketing space, like where are you spending your marketing dollars? And yeah. if you're not spending marketing dollars at all, that can become really dangerous in how long your organization is going to be around. Um, yeah. The reality is 
that most of these ministries are, we're running businesses. And if you want your business to be successful, you have to market the business. And so this idea that we, we just, it's too much work. It's not worth our time. And it, you get, you need to make it worth your time and, and, and you need to make it worth your while because that's where we're, we're, it's not only where we're headed, like we already know that, but there's not much alternative. Like the alternative is, and the, maybe it's not an alternative. It still needs to be done. Like just hitting the ground face to face, asking for, for funds and going to major donors and seeing about investing in your organization through what you're doing. Yeah. But even that, like if you don't have a solid marketing plan to be engaging with an audience in a digital space, most major donors are going to say, why aren't you doing we that? We don't want to. Yeah. Because they're, they want, they're going to see sure that, you right through it. You're not reaching people. <laughs> right. They, they want to make sure that you're being the mo- most effective and efficient in, in your engagement and outreach. And the reality is digital is that. And so if you're not willing to spend time, energy and resources in that space, major donors, especially as, as last generation's major donors start to turn into this generation, my generation and younger, if a ministry comes to me and they have no marketing plan, no, no communication digital plan or strategy, and they're asking for my funds, if I'm a wealthy millennial and younger, like you better have yeah. an answer to that question or you're not going to be around much longer. Like so the, true. That is the world that they grew up in. That is the world that they know. And if you don't have a solution to that plan, they're, they're probably not going to trust you as much as they would another organization that does similar work who does have a strong plan in that space. And so yeah. that's my pushback. Like it, it, it's no longer, I don't think it's in any longer. It's an option to not be functioning in that, in this digital space. Like the reality is this is where we're headed. This is where most time and energy is focused. This is where most of our attention is. The stats around that are are sad. It's really sad, yeah. but it's the reality. And so you got to figure it out. Um, so stop moping about it and just, yeah. just get after it, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to be every single day. Like I, it can be... You can work towards it, get in the rhythms. It's a slow, it can be a slow process as you figure out what your rhythms are, mm-hmm. what that content production looks like. Start with once a month. And once you get in that rhythm, add it every other week. And once you yeah. get in that rhythm and feel comfortable with that, add more and more. Like the, yeah. it, it can't just be this for three weeks, we did a daily piece of content and then we did nothing for three months. Like, right. like you said earlier, that's not going to be successful yeah. and you're not going to be able to keep up with that pace anyways. Like build towards it, build, right. at, it's like slowly build towards it and then hire and place people and talent into those roles to help you and support you in that way. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and to your point, like on the church side, churches have so much content. They just, they don't know that most churches don't know how to distribute it correctly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it goes with ministries and nonprofits too. If, if you're not great with writing, then take a video of yourself, put the video on, on the website and, uh, transcribe that video of yourself talking about that topic or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, there's ways to, to do things more easily. 
Um, there's so many technologies, so many tools out there, transcription services to make to to make content creation easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at about an hour six here. So <laughs> why don't we wrap this up? If people want to get a hold of you, Judson, and learn more about Click Nonprofit, how can they do so? They can they can head over to, you know, if they want to learn more about what we do, they can head over to clicknonprofit.com. Um, and they can connect with us there. Uh, they can also reach me directly at Judson at clicknonprofit.com. That's my my direct email. Um, I would Perfect. tell you my social media as well, but you know, I'm not as active on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, we'll put that in the show notes and make sure people can get a hold of you if they want to learn more about um, uh, taking advantage of that Google ad grant. Guys, we we started working with Judson, oh gosh, maybe a year and a half ago, yeah, something like that. Something like that. And it has been significant for our traffic on our site, for engagement with our brands, for um, getting notice out there and pushing the content that we've been working so hard to produce. And so okay. um, it's well worth the investment. Um, $10,000 spend each month is a significant amount of money. Yeah. And so um, if you're not taking full advantage of that, it's a no brainer as a nonprofit. If you've got a 501 C three, uh, it's a, it's pretty guaranteed that you'll, it's pretty easy to get the, get the grant and yeah. start taking advantage of it. So definitely, definitely reach out to Judson and his team. And, and, uh, if you have any questions on that, they can answer that for you, but Judson, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today and and uh, share your insights and experience and expertise in this space. We really appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you so much, Zach. I, I appreciate you and appreciate Reliant Creative and all that you guys are doing. We should do this Thanks, again. Man. Yes, definitely. I agree. Awesome. All right, buddy. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.